This is episode 269 of the Beyond the Food Show, and today we're going to unpack what is holding us back from moving our body more and how we can change that. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food Method. And after a 25-year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to diet culture and hell yes to living my life to the fullest in my now body. And I made it my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently, unconditionally, right now. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hey, if you're new to the Going Beyond the Food Show, our podcast roadmap has been designed with you in mind. With over 250 episodes available to listen, it can feel overwhelming to know which episode to prioritize for you. The podcast guide answers the top five questions women have when they enter our world of going beyond the food to unlearn diet culture. To get your free copy of our podcast roadmap guide, head over to stephaniedozier.com forward slash roadmap or use the hyperlink in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, welcome back, sister. And for those who are listening in a time manner, Happy New Year. Today, I'm going to teach you about movement. And I'm going to teach you not about what type of movement you should do and what is good or not for your body. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to coach you through how you can get yourself to move more. Because I hear from a lot of you these statements, I want to move with joy, or I want to get out of the funk of not moving enough, or this one is very common, I know that exercise is good for me, I just can't bring myself to do it, what's wrong with me? I want to move more. How do I motivate myself to move more without dreading it? All of these questions, all of these statements have an answer, and this is what this podcast is going to help you. The answer is not what you think it is. For many of us, we relate to exercise in the same way we have related to food for years, which is in in an effort or a product a movement type, in the case of movement, that will help us to shrink our body, just like food was a tool to shrink your body. So the way you've been thought to go about engaging with movement is problematic in itself, because it comes from the world of diet culture. And I want to say to all of you, because we have a lot of people listening to this podcast in in the first few months of every year because they're um, being presented with the concept of intuitive eating and you trip over this podcast. So this podcast is going to be good for anyone, even if you're at the beginning stage of understanding what intuitive eating is or the world of non-dieting, or that perhaps you are an advanced intuitive eater and you're now at the stage where you want to work on reclaiming your relationship to exercise. This is going to help anyone. And we're going to go about this in in the non-traditional way. And when I say traditional, I mean diet culture way. And I want to also mention that 
maybe you'll listen to this podcast and you will be okay and you'll have enough tool for you to change your relationship to movement and move more. But if you're someone who needs some help in that struggle, know that we do have the tools to help you with that inside of Conquer and Thrive. And again, if you're listening to this in a timely manner, we do have a specialty workshop dedicated to only this changing our mindset around exercise that's going to happen on January 15, 2021. The workshop is hosted by me and an expert in the matter, Kim Hagel, and it's called Reset Your Exercise Mindset. So if you join Conquer and Thrive before the end of the day on January 14, 2021, you'll be able to attend live. And if you join after... Um, up to the end of the month of January, you'll be accessing the recording and the workbook, which will take you through step by step. So join Conquer and Thrive before January 29th to have access to this uh, workshop. But anytime um, we can help you inside of Conquer and Thrive between the methodology and the curriculum we teach and our coach will be able to help you on this journey. I know for me, my personal journey with changing my relationship to exercise has been ongoing for a number of years now. I knew, I actually, for decades, I knew that I should exercise more often. And my solution before I came into this world of the intuitive eating and non-diet was what perhaps many of you have been through, which is to sign up for a new gym membership, put financial pressure on myself, right? To have to pay every month for a gym membership and resorting to using discipline and willpower as a way to force me into moving my body into the gym. And that was the same type of thinking that I had applied to food for years, right? Putting myself through a organized dieting plan as a way of controlling the way that I eat. And for many women, until I bring this forward to them, that's what they do, just like I did. We don't know how to relate to food or movement or even health without the constraint of dieting, because that's what we've been doing our whole life. And without surprise for me and for these hundreds of women that I have helped with movement, the constraint of going to a gym membership didn't work because it resorted in us using discipline and willpower and punishment, right? The word dreading came from this philosophy of getting a result through pain and punishment, that's if you're dreading movement is because you have that mindset that you need to be punished and in pain uh, as a way of getting yourself to move. So it didn't work because it'll never work. Just like diet don't work, approaching movement with that framework of willpower, discipline, and punishment will not work. That's not how our brain as human is set up to work. And we'll get into that in just a minute here. But that's a way of approaching our body that has been taught to us for decades, likely since you're five or six years old. We've been socialized as women to approach our body as something that it's broken, as something that needs to be fixed, and that includes exercise and movement. 
And this socialization that is under the term of diet culture has us jumping into action and doing the movement without ever asking why. How did we get to a place? What is the reason why we don't want to move? What is the reason why we're not moving? Because if we don't partake into the philosophy that something is wrong with us, right, when we start challenging this narrative, that's what I call the feminist approach to food and body and movement, when we start challenging the fact that something is wrong with us as women, and we need to be punished, and we need to be beaten into the right way of doing our body, and we say, well, there's nothing wrong with me, then what? What is the reason why I'm resisting exercise? So I'm going to give you what I have observed in years of doing this work and what I have myself encountered as the reason why we resist exercise in a feminist way, in a way that nothing is wrong with us as women, that we don't want to exercise. It's something deeper than that. The number one reason why women resist exercise, it's because it's associated with dieting and feeling bad about ourselves. We have this wired connection in our brain, what neuroscience describe as a neuropathway, that when we exercise is because we're bad, because we did something bad, because we need to punish ourselves. The weight loss industry has introduced us to exercise as a means to burn calorie point. For many of us who have never been athletes, that's my case, and I know that's a lot of you, our relationship to exercise has been formed in the ground of burning calories, a desire to shrink, manipulate, reshape our body. That's why exercise has been in our life, or all of our life, or most of our life. It's never been about joy. It's never been about pleasure. It's never been about fun. So when we think of exercise, it's not pleasant. Here's another reason why you may resist exercise. It's associated with dieting success only. So if you're not having success with your weight, with your diet right now, you go into this place of, why bother? I'm not on the diet right now. I don't need to exercise. Like, I've given up dieting. Your brain is like, so why should we exercise again? Right? There's this duality in our brain with exercise. For years, for me, if exercise didn't produce a bucket of sweat, it didn't make me feel pain, it didn't make me feel exhausted, then it wasn't worth it. Why? Because exercise was a mean of burning calories and shrinking my body. Exercise was a mean to punish myself for bad behavior with food or punish myself for my lack of discipline. So if I wasn't dieting, if I wasn't restricting food, why bother with exercise? Here's another reason why we resist exercise. We have a difficulty to accept our body limitation that we have now. 
Perhaps it's because of our age. Perhaps it's because of an injury. Perhaps it's because of our size of our body. And I hear a lot of this, right? I hear a lot of women who have knee pain or joint pain who say, well, I can't exercise. That's not true. That's your brain feeding you this thought. But the reality is you can exercise. I mean, you can do chair yoga. You can go for a walk. The problem is we because of our training into dieting and diet culture, don't believe that's worth it. We don't believe that's even exercise. So why bother? When I coach women to simply go for a walk, the first rebuttal I get is, that's not exercise. Well, it is. To our body, that's exercise. All our body wants, it's moving. Here's another reason why we may resist exercise. And that's going to get me into the world of trauma, but it's our relationship to exercise in our childhood. Childhood exercise or being teased or bullied in our childhood because of our lack of coordination, because of our size of our body and not being able to perform on the team, right? The relationship we have with exercise is very traumatic. We have to find the reason why we don't want to exercise or the reason why we resist exercise. We have to do that instead of pushing ourselves into exercise. Now I want to introduce you to another concept called the pendulum swing. Okay. This is something that we teach inside of intuitive eating process. The pendulum swim concept comes from studying the brain, aka neuroscience. It's it's how we've observed the brain to react to situation of deprivation on basic needs, like food and water, for an example, right? Our primitive brain, our survival brain, when observing a deprivation, aka food restriction, goes into full offensive mode as a mean of protecting you from deprivation. So in the case of food, for an example, when we restrict food, our innate behavior, our compulsive behavior goes into feast mode. And as soon as we're presented with the restricted food again, we feast. That's not because anything's wrong with you. It's because this is how your brain is supposed to work. The pendulum swing is that rebellious behavior. Imagine you're holding the pendulum on one side, that's the restriction side. And then when we let go of the pendulum, it swings the other way. That's the survival mode, right? Feast and famine in the case of food. That's how our brain is supposed to function. That's what the intuitive eating process is about, is about learning to release the restriction and helping the pendulum to stabilize in the middle and becoming a, quote, normal eater, right? One side of the pendulum being the restrictor, the dieter, the other side of the pendulum being the overeating, the eating all the foods, and then like going into the middle. Your relationship to exercise is exactly the same way. When you use exercise as a way of punishing yourself, as a way of forcing yourself into it, think of it as one side of the pendulum, right? 
And then once you stop doing that, you go on the other side of the pendulum, which is that rebellious behavior of not doing anything. Your brain is like, F that shit. I'm just not going to do anything because we spent decades misusing exercise and creating a lot of trauma, a lot of pain, a lot of negative experience around exercise. That is why it is so critically important to determine why you resist exercise. Why are you in that rebellious state in face of exercise? What is the story? What is the narrative in your mind associated with exercise? This is why the first place I suggest you start to move more or to exercise more is to change your language around exercise. For most of us listening, the word exercise is loaded. It's loaded with drama, with pain, with emotional pain, with physical pain, with suffering, with disappointment. I mean, there's a lot of story around exercise for many of us. So that's why I suggest that you change the word or you trade the word exercise for movement. That's why the podcast title is How to Move parenthesis, exercise more. All of my students have already made this change. And if you haven't, because you're not one of my students, you're just listening to the podcast, go for it. Banish the word exercise and start referring to movement. That's pretty easy, you think. That is not going to help me. I know your brain is saying that. Don't listen to it. Game changer for me, and all of my students. Now, the next step is to create a new narrative, a new story around movement. For those that are familiar with self-coaching, this is about creating new thoughts about movement. We need to actively disconnect the inner narrative we have about movement away from weight loss, away from dieting, away from manipulating or shrinking our body in any way, shape, or form, or even punishment. Instead, we need to create a new narrative about the benefit of movement to our overall health. I mean, if you look at research on movement, that is not associated with the weight loss industry. You're going to find a plethora of reason why that you need to move your body. I mean, it benefits your mental health. One of the most powerful effect or side effect or consequence of moving is mental health. It regulates the neurotransmitter and the hormone that affect mental health. Movement reduces stress. It balances your hormone and, again, your neurotransmitter to reduce stress and anxiety. Movement produces endorphin. Endorphin is that make you feel good bliss type of hormone in your body. That's why when you finish moving your body, that is not painful. You feel good. You feel happy. Exercise reduce anxiety. Exercise allows you an opportunity to connect with your body, like to create that mind-body connection. As long as 
again, you don't create pain. As long as you're present and you are enjoying the movement and you're doing it in a way where you're nurturing that connection. So for all of you who are studying intuitive eating right now and want to feel your hunger, your fullness, your satisfaction more, move your body mindfully and that you will improve this connection with your eating cue. I mean, there's a plethora of other benefits. I mean, movement makes you sleep better. It makes you think better. It creates more awareness. It allows you to nurture a relationship of respect with your body. Find new reason, find new narrative for movement in your life. Finding the reason why you resist the movement and changing the way you think about exercise will allow you to move more. That's the formula. When you have an inner story about movement, when you have thoughts about movement that makes you feel frustrated or resentful, that creates a type of action that is unproductive. That's when you go into the mode of procrastination, right? That's when you go into avoidance because the way you feel about exercise is unproductive and your brain is trying to protect you from these these feeling about exercise. Your brain is like, oh my God, like exercising or moving is bad. Why would we want to do this? We hate this thing. So it creates action associated with the type of feeling you have with movement. So you need to change your inner narrative so you create a different way of feeling, of relating to movement. If you're having this experience right now, you're stuck into the state of, quote, I want to move my body, but I'm not moving my body. Well, the lack of movement comes from the way you feel about movement. So what I just taught you is where you need to begin. Changing that way we think about movement is what we call the self-coaching process. That's what we teach you inside of Conquer and Tribe. We teach you the formula, the step-by-step approach to change the way you think about food, about body image, and yeah, about movement. By the way, upgrading your body image, your relationship to your body requires the exact same process as changing your relationship to movement. It's the exact same process. That's what's called self-coaching. Now, if you're trying this on your own, I want to kind of highlight four frequent error that women who change their narrative about body movement get trapped into. Number one, perfectionist thinking. Doesn't count unless, right? It's not worth it to exercise unless I don't sweat, unless I don't feel pain. Um, All these perfectionist thinking, this ideal type of thinking around movement is not true. That's not factual information. That's just thought that you have acquired while living into diet culture and dieting. Here's a new thought for you. Any movement is good for your body. Any, as simple as going for a walk with 10 minutes, that's moving your body, check mark. Here's another thought error. I'm not good enough. I can't do this. What are people going to say? 
People are going to look at me. What are the people going to think of me trying to do yoga in a fat body? What are other people going to say about me wearing that type of clothing? Right? All these thoughts associated with I'm not good enough, these aren't facts. It's just opinion that your brain has developed over the years of being shamed about your body. Be willing to not be good. Be willing to suck at it. Be willing to say what other people think of me. It's their business, not mine. Here's another thought error. Procrastination. I'll do it later. There's something more important now. What you're doing when you're having these types of thoughts, you're putting more importance into your immediate comfort or other priorities in your life, often other people, over having long-term benefit towards you and your own priority in life. You're making other people's comfort more important than yours. This is where we need to go into the world of body respect. Moving my body is an act of self-respect. And here's the last one. I just need more discipline. Here's the fact. Discipline is not something that we need. Willpower, aka self-discipline, is a limited resource. It will give you short-term results, but it will not give you long-term sustainable results. The only way for you to have sustainable long-term result, aka developing a new relationship to movement, food, or whatever you're working on, is to actually change the way you think and feel about movement. That will permanently change the way you relate to the thing you're trying to change. I hope this helps you. As some of you know, my own relationship to movement has been a challenge, and I've set a goal for that in 2021. And movement and gaining strength in my body is part of my objective for the new year. So if you listen to podcast 268, uh, you heard me talk about this, that I want to bring built, sorry, strength in my body so I can return to stage and do live event in the future. And in 2020, I've been working on my mindset around exercise. And this year, I hired a coach to help me with that, a functional movement specialist. And we are working together to help me build that strength. And interestingly enough, the first six weeks we worked together, we were working once a week for 30 minutes. She was using my concept of minimum baseline until I created a habit of working out once a week for 30 minutes, doing only four different exercises once a week until that became comfortable and pleasant. Only then did we move to twice a week. So now I'm starting January of this year, working out twice a week, 30 minutes, only doing functional movement. Here's the cool thing. I'm not in charge. (laughs) I'm the student. I hired a professional, she knows what she's doing, I trust her, and I just listen, and I do exactly what she's teaching me. And you know what? It's working beautifully. I hope my experience in sharing this with you will help you as well, creating a strategy for yourself.
So this is it, sister. This is how you can move more. If you need help in applying any of this, I'd love to help you inside of Conquer and Thrive. And I'll see you in the next episode. Hey, you, if you enjoy listening to this show, you have to come and check Conquer and Thrive. It's my monthly coaching program that comes with expert courses that will show you exactly how to take this life changing work and apply it into your own life. We teach you how to change your mindset, eat intuitively and master body confidence that you've decided to stop dieting today or years ago, Conquer and Thrive will help you take this knowledge deeper into real life practices. It comes with access to me as your coach and my team of experts. Join us by simply going to www.stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join. I can't wait to meet you inside our Conquer and Thrive community. I'll see you on the other side.